You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, y'all, Jared Sandler here. Hope you're having a good day, and I certainly appreciate you clicking on a link to get to this point in your listening experience uh, as we get set for episode 29 of the Justice Sec podcast. And if you've got a second, I'd appreciate if you take the time to share this conversation, perhaps subscribe to the YouTube channel or uh, click that thumbs up button. Uh, maybe you want to comment on the conversation. Maybe you've got a guest you'd like me to interview in the future. You can always interact with me, whether it's in the comments section on Twitter at Jared Sandler uh, at Jared Sandler underscore on Instagram. I would love to hear from you because of course this is a conversation podcast and I'm doing it because I love having conversations and love interacting with all of you. You know, it's funny if you ask yourself the question, baseball fans or sports fans in general, who's the best shortstop in major league baseball? I think some people might say Francisco Lindor. Others might say Washington's Trey Turner. Perhaps people are really buying a lot of stock in San Diego's Fernando Tatis Jr. But the real answer, the right answer, even though this is a subjective conversation, but the right answer might be DFW's Trevor Story. The Rockies shortstop has continued to get better and better. He possesses power and speed and defense, which is obviously important when you're playing the shortstop position. If you take a look at the numbers, I think Trevor Story's got a great argument. And once again, he's from our own backyard here in DFW. So earlier I chatted with Trevor Story, talked about his journey to the big leagues, his record-setting MLB debut back in 2016, getting the chance to play against the Rangers in Arlington, and a lot more. So, here we go. Episode 29 of the Justice Act podcast with Colorado Rockies shortstop, Trevor Story. One. All right, Trevor, the first thing I like to ask people, it's uh, a generic question, but uh, when you think back to your childhood, what are the things that stand out, whether it's interests, hobbies, influences, uh, experiences, whatever, taking whatever direction you'd like, but when you think back to your childhood, what are the things that stand out? Um, yeah, I think for me, um, you know, my, my childhood was consumed with sports. Um, and I think, you know, you can say that for a lot of kids growing up in Texas, you know, loving football, loving baseball, loving basketball. Um, yeah, I just remember that that's what it was for me, man. I wanted to play sports. I wanted to be with my boys and, and just have fun doing that. And, um, some of the best memories of my life have, have been that, and, um, you know, just, Growing up, trying to be like Derek Jeter and Michael Young, and um, you know Michael Jordan, all, all those guys, and 
that's kind of how it was for me. Do you remember what pushed you to sports? I mean, I know that it's it's an easy activity for young kids to get involved in, but but do you remember what kind of led you to love sports or what pushed you in that direction? Um, yeah, you know, I think the way I got into sports was my family and my older brother was, you know, he was always playing ball of some kind and you know, I always wanted to be like him and always were doing the things that he was doing and um so that 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 was a big part of it and I think once I got into it and, and learned how to play the games and just kind of fell in love with the art of the games and um, the competition side of it, I think drew me in as well. That was uh, that's something that's always burned pretty hot in my life. And, um, you know, being able to do that is, is the epitome of sports is competing. Was it always, and I know you mentioned, you know, playing a lot of sports, but was baseball always ahead of the others or was there another sport that maybe you loved first? How did that dynamic work? For me, I loved baseball. Um, that was my my first love before any other sport. Um, and I played I played so much as a kid, and uh, you know I kind of got burnt out, honestly, for you know a little bit for a couple years. And um, I, I remember I took a fall off of baseball and played golf, and I I love golf, and um, those two are probably my favorite hobbies, and uh, you know I, I still do keep up with the NBA and I'm a diehard Cowboy fan, diehard Mavs fan. So I'm, you know, I'm locked in on all the sports, but um, baseball is always the one for me. It's and especially right when I came back from that, that break that I took in the fall um, made me realize how much I do love it. You know, it hasn't stopped since. I I think it's interesting, Trevor, your parents both, uh, you know, had have or had jobs that are, uh, very giving, whether directly or, uh, you know, like with your father, for instance, being a fireman, you know, that's that's a, a job in which he's, you know, he protects others and, and serves others. Uh, first of all, w- with your father, what was it like growing up with a dad as, as a fireman? Was that something that, that you wanted to do? Or, uh, you know, I, I imagine you got to spend some time at the at the station. Just what, what was that like? Yeah, my dad is, uh, you know, he's my role model and I wanted to be I wanted to be just like him, you know, him and my, my brother were, were, uh, such great influences on me. And, uh, yeah. So I wanted to be a fireman when I grew up, um, you know, when I was, when I was a young kid and, um, once I started playing ball and, you know, I kind of shifted to that and that, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, um, but yeah, some great memories, you know, with my dad and just my family in general, going to the fire station and, you know, watching fireworks on 4th of July. And, um, yeah, I, I thought it was cool, and I was proud to say that my dad was a fireman paramedic. You know, he saves lives, and, um, you know, ultimately was putting his life at risk. And, you know, I didn't really realize that at the time, but, um, you know, to, to look back on it and see when you get a little bit older, you can appreciate it more for sure. What was his specific role? I I, I don't claim to be an expert on this, but I, I my understanding is that, you know, a part of each team, they, they all have their, their specific role. What was his? Do you remember? Yeah, he was – so he drove the fire truck. Um, he was the driver, and so we always joke around and say that he's, a, you know, he's a professional driver. So he's always <laughs> driving us. Uh, you know, when we get the family together, he's the one behind the wheel. So um, yeah, very, very cautious and very safe, and yeah, his head's always on a swivel. Now you're in a clubhouse now, and it's a tight knit group. You know, any athletic team is, and it always seems like it's it's something similar with firefighters and their station. That you know they're 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 bonded together by their job and and the time they spend together. 
And I imagine, you know, you, you were privy to at least understanding that growing up. Was there anything you learned from the camaraderie that, that firefighters had and the way they, they seem to support one another that, that maybe sticks with you today? Yeah, you're right. It is it's very similar to, you know, the way we go about our business and professional sports. And, um, you know, theirs is obviously more serious in the, you know, the sense that it's life or death. And um, I think, you know, that makes you even closer from, you know, I know my dad is very close with, you know, his, his best friends are, the ones that he met in the department and, um, you know, I know he's still close with them to this day. And, um, yeah, just, just the, the camaraderie of it and the clubhouse feel of it. I always loved that and always knew that's, that's what I wanted. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he set the example for me in that way for sure. All right. Now your mom is the CEO of Irving cares, which is, uh, an organization, uh, that, provides all sorts of assistance. So, and, and it seems like that's is as best as I was able to figure out that's been her background in, in, in that sort of world for a while. So I imagine there were some lessons that were learned on her side as well, giving back, uh, you know, doing stuff for others. What, what were some of the things that your, your mom tried to impart upon you with her job and, and what that meant to her and, and maybe what that might mean to you? Yeah, it was huge. Um, both of my parents did such a great job of that, um, you know, growing up in the, the serving mindset and attitude. And, uh, you know, we're here to, to help other people who, um, you know, need help. And, um, you know, I remember we'd always go to my mom's work and we would, uh, volunteer at the food bank and, you know, we'd be passing out food to families that need it or, uh, you know, toilet paper, just the essentials and, um, just making sure that people are taken care of. And I remember that and, I remember, um, you know, kind of realizing that not everybody, um, you know, is as fortunate as, as, as we are. And, um, I think that's, that's been ingrained in me for a long time. And, um, you know, I appreciate my mom and my dad for, for showing me that way. All right. Now you've mentioned your brother, Tyler, uh, and, and the influence he had, uh, a really good athlete himself. Uh, what sort of things did you learn from him? I'm, I'm a I'm a younger brother who benefited greatly from the influence of, of my two brothers, uh, and and I could probably talk for hours about it. What are the things that most stand out to you that uh, you learned or, or, or benefited from with your relationship with Tyler? Yeah, my brother was uh, he was a good athlete, man. He's um, yeah, he was just the injury bug kind of got him a little bit. Um, he wasn't able to to play as much as he wanted to, but, um, yeah, it was, he was always pushing me. He was always, um, you know, he, <laughs> he was always beating me up, you know, on the field. And so, I, you know, I, I took it personally and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be as good as him and, and his friends. And I was always playing up a level or two to, so that I could be with him. And I think that, that helped my skills a lot. And, you know, that helped my competition level rise to what there was, you know, couple years older and i think um you know i'm i'm thankful that he let me hang around honestly what were some of the the challenges that you had to deal with growing up uh you know whether in school or athletically socially what, what were some of the things that that maybe uh helped develop or, or helped shape you during that time and go yeah i think you know growing up um, you know, it's the hardships and stuff, your brother, you know, my brother helped me a lot. And, um, 
you know, my, my parents raised me to, to be resilient and to be tough and to know that, um, you know, things aren't always going to go your way. Um, I think sports was huge for that aspect of my life. Um, teaching me, kind of teaching me how to fail and to, to be, uh, resilient and, and not giving up. And, uh, baseball in particular is, is the best teacher of that, in my opinion. And cause it's a game of failure and you, you know, you're going to fail seven out of 10 times and, and be one of the best players. And, um, so, you know, growing up with sports, I think was huge for me and learning how to deal with failure and, um, kind of making me a little tougher. All right. So in high school, you, you know, you really establish yourself as, as one of the best players in the country. You get an opportunity uh, to go to LSU, and I think I've I've read that you know you remain a a big LSU fan to this day, but you ultimately decided to sign and, and begin your professional career out of high school with the Rockies. Uh, what do you remember about that decision? Because LSU's a, a pretty appealing place, a great program, seems like a a good time in Baton Rouge. But uh, you know, I imagine you had dreams of of playing professionally, and you had a great opportunity to do that. So was that a tough decision? Was it? You know, when, when you took a step back, was it an easy decision? What do you remember about that process? Yeah, that that process was, um, you know, looking back on it, it was huge. And um, I'm glad I had the people, you know, I relied on my family and, and friends to kind of point me in the right direction. And, you know, for me, I always grew up wanting to play in the big leagues and wanting to win a World Series. And, um, you know, we kind of had a plan about if I was going to get drafted here and, and the money was right, then. And that's what we would do. That would kind of make the decision easy for us. But I remember when it when it came time to make the decision, um, I, it was hard for me because I loved LSU, man, and I still do. And um, I wanted to play ball there, and uh, just the culture and um, you know the atmosphere that that whole thing brings is is incredible. And I think that you know it, it made it really hard on me to make that decision. And um, but yeah, I certainly don't regret the way that I that I took it and. Um, at the end of the day, that that was the underlying factor was that I wanted to be a professional baseball player, and I had the chance to do it, and I felt like I was honest with myself enough to feel like I was ready for it. A part of the recruiting, did you get to go to a, an LSU football game? Yeah, I did. I went to a couple. Um, I remember my senior year on my official visit, I think it was. Um, there, It was number one versus number two, LSU versus Bama in Death Valley. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was incredible that the atmosphere, the LSU ended up upsetting them. And, um, you know, it was, it was a done deal after that, honestly, for me, I was like, this is the best place in the world. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty easy to pick where I was going to go to college. I go on a college football trip with my buddies every year. And this year was supposed to be Baton Rouge for LSU, Alabama. And, and I don't know, uh, that we're going to end up making that trip and and certainly won't be the same if uh, Tiger Stadium isn't uh, 100% full. But I, 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 whenever the time is, I, I can't wait to go to my first game there. It just seems like an incredible environment. Yeah, it truly is. It's uh, I think it's the best setting in college football. And yeah, I, I encourage you to maybe save that experience for when it's uh, full capacity and uh, full throttle. All right, so Trevor, I remember when you were in Casper, Wyoming, because that same year I was uh, stuck in Great Falls, Montana. Uh, your your first professional season as a player was mine as a broadcaster, uh, and you know we only went to Casper once, uh, and and not that Great Falls was anything to uh, write home about, but I know that you know that that league had a few cities, Casper probably being one of them, where. 
maybe the facilities or, or the town or whatever was, uh, you know, wasn't as glamorous. Uh, and, and I think I remember Casper, I could be wrong. I think I remember the field kind of being a little rough and, and, and some of the players on great falls talking about how tough of an infield that was, but what do you remember about your time at Casper and, and maybe some of the challenges of your first professional season? Yeah, I do remember my time in Casper. That was, um, you know, obviously my first professional season. Um, I just remember, you know, I was kind of overwhelmed by it all at first, and it took me a little bit to get settled down and into the routine of the, you know, the whole thing, playing every single day and going through my kind of creating my own routine and, and trying to lean on that. And, um, you know, being away from my family for the first time, being away from my girlfriend, who's my wife now, you know, that was tough. And um, I remember just at the end of that year, man, I was so tired. Like I was just limping home because, uh, you know, I, my, my body physically wasn't really ready for that, the demand of it. And, um, but it, it sure did teach me a lot about how to, how to go about, you know, every day as a pro and, um, you know, trying to climb the ladder. And I, I got to ask you if you remember this. So, you know, it was one of the highlights, I guess, for me that year. We were in Casper, and and we threw a, or I say we, the the uh, the, the Voyagers pitchers threw a combined no hitter. And to this day, it's the only no hitter I've ever seen in person. I do you remember that at all? I mean, I know you play a ton of games, and uh, you know, you you forget some of the the ones that maybe weren't as uh, favorable for you. But do you remember that game at all? You know, I, I do. I I do vaguely remember it, um, but. Like you said, I do. I try to delete those <laughs> those memories out pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I do remember that. It's just there's not a lot of people I can bring that up to who'd have any clue who the, the <laughs> Casper go, you know, the Great Falls Voyagers even are. Uh, okay, so you you talked about climbing the ladder and you did that. You go from uh, you know Casper to Asheville, and then you you take the next step up to Modesto, and in 2013, I guess maybe at least statistically speaking, you experienced your first tough year uh and uh i guess what was that experience like and 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 i read that troy tulowitzki was was pretty instrumental in, in helping you uh bounce back after that what was that year like and, and what was that experience in the off season like with troy yeah that year was tough man um and i think that you know bouncing back from that year did a lot had a lot to do with my development in the coming years um just because you know, it really taught me how to be true to myself and um, believe in myself and believe in my swing and um, believe in the player that I can be instead of, you know, tinkering with so many different things and trying to be someone else's version of myself. And, uh, you know, I learned that. And, you know, once I, I had to learn it by, by failing, pretty much falling on my face, you know, hitting 220. And um, it was tough, man. I, I just remember those times were, were, uh, were not good. And, um, yeah, Tula had a big deal to do with that. He invited me out after that season to Vegas to work out with him. And he really just, you know, just him inviting me kind of gave me that confidence. And, um, you know, he showed me pretty much went through his whole off season routine and the way he goes about his business and, uh, the way he works. And, and that's, that's stuck with me forever and, and still to this day. And, um, you know, we, we ironed some things out and, um, I'm very thankful to him for doing that. Do you remember like specifically what 
maybe you took most away from him and 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 just what that experience was like whether it's you know on a on a personal level or, or a professional level like what was what were some of the things that really were were significant from that off season yeah um the thing i took from tulo the most was that you know his work ethic and not only that but the the intensity that he does it with um you know every single day was is an opportunity to get better and he really lived by that and you know he's he was obsessed with the game like me and um you know at the time he was he was the best shortstop in the game in my opinion and so you know he had me leaving there and being like man this is the best shortstop in the game and he's out working every every single player in the world and um you know I, I took that from him and um you know I'm still running with that now all right so one of the things I also learned is that nutrition is is important to you and I, I guess that's easy to say uh, you know I don't know that anyone's you know at your levels come out and said oh, I hate nutrition nutrition isn't important to me but it, it seems like maybe it's it's more so important to you uh something maybe you you uh got tied to a little bit earlier than most how did that start because I think like some of the, the young players maybe that's one of the things they look back on and say hey when I was young like I I ate like crap and, you know, it took me until I was 20, whatever, 30 to, to realize how to take care of my body. How did that develop for you and, and why has that been so important for you? Yeah. Um, that has been a huge part of, um, you know, my career and my life. And, you know, I have to give credit where it's due. A lot of people have helped me and, um, I learned that, um, you know, at a younger age, I think than most, and I think it's benefited me big time, just because I know, you know, I know the the implications that it has when you don't eat well, and you know, just your total feeling of um, of body when you when you're not eating well, as opposed to when you are, and it makes a huge difference. And if you add that up over a long period of time, and you know, you know, you're kind of feeding your body with the right oil, and um, you're going to be a lot a lot better off, you know, the further you go. And, um, you know, shout out to my wife. She cooks for me all the time, <laughs> I, you know, two to three meals a day. And, um, so it's as much as a sacrifice it is for her as it is for anybody else. And, uh, just, uh, you know, a lot of people have helped me, helped me realize the, the importance of that. What's her best meal? Ooh, right now, I think her best meal is taco Tuesday. Taco um, Tuesday. I like it. Yeah. With turkey, turkey breasts and corn and um veggies so yeah we're gonna eat that tonight actually what what's the uh what's the the food that maybe you've had to give up that was like the toughest to to part ways with or the one that you know maybe you haven't totally given given it up but like it's it's way more rare of an occurrence for you to eat that food than it used to be yeah um the sweets man i just love sweets um it's tough to tough to put those down i only only touch them on Sunday, um, my cheat day. So it's really hard to, uh, to refrain the other days, but it makes me feel good about eating a lot of sweets on Sunday night. So <laughs> chocolate chip cookies in particular. There you go. Uh, your wife make them or just uh, store bought? Um, store bought, but my wife makes them. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. So I want to move ahead to 2016 spring training, you're competing for, you know, a chance to be the opening day shortstop, uh, you know, and, and, and I think uh, I could be wrong, but that's the first spring training where that was, 
really on the table. What was that spring training experience like for you? I know now, not that you don't take it seriously, but now for you, it's more just getting your body right, getting your work in so that you're ready. Then I guess it was maybe a little bit different because you were trying to win a job. Yeah, I remember going into the offseason of 15, going into 16. Um, yeah, I knew I had a, a chance to win the job. Um, I thought possibly I was going to get called up at the end of 15, but, um, you know, I was on the 40 man, so it didn't make sense. And I knew Tulo had just been traded, and um, it was me and one other guy that finished in AAA, and it was between us. And, you know, I, I remember that offseason, I was full systems go. And I was, that was my goal was to, to win the job at a spring. So I showed up, um, as ready as I've ever been. And, um, you know, I had a really good spring and I felt like, I felt like the job was, was mine to take. And, um, I know no one was going to give it to me. So, um, yeah, showing up there and, um, I knew that I, I knew the guys previously from, uh, big league camp before, and I, I felt a little more comfortable and those guys made me, you know, made me feel like a part of the team and I think that had a lot to do with it as well. All right. So 2016 big year, uh, and, and it, your, your, your first big league season got off to a, a pretty special start, uh, a home run in four straight games. I think you had six home runs during that stretch and, and had all sorts of, uh, rookie records and, and maybe shortstop specific records. Uh, <laughs> At any point, were you like, is this real? Is this actually going on? I thought it was supposed to be a little harder than this. What do you, What was that first week like for you? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was an incredible whirlwind, man. I just remember, um, you know, yeah, kind of sitting back and being like, man, is this really happening? Um, you know, it doesn't seem real, it doesn't feel real, um, but it's all happening. And I remember uh, just trying to be in the moment as much as I could because I knew that what was happening was special. Um, and I certainly didn't expect, you know, to, to kind of pop off like that, that early. Um, but I, you know, I knew I had that in me and, um, you know, I was always very confident, but, um, the start like that was, was not really, um, in the mindset. <laughs> now, I guess to quickly jump forward, you recently became the, the fastest shortstop to a hundred home runs, uh, getting there even quicker than, than Alex Rodriguez, who, uh, you know, is one of the, the most prolific home run hitters in, in baseball, regardless of position. But you also have the speed component. And, and I know you're young and, uh, you know, maybe bodies change as you get older. But right now you, you've got that rare ability uh, to, to bring power and speed. Is that something you take pride in? Is it something that you have to work on to maintain both? And, and I guess is there, uh, you know, with your body, is there a challenge and, and not, compromising one for the other or vice versa, or is it just something that's always kind of been natural for you? Um, I am, I am very uh, prideful in kind of trying to be that, that two way player um, with, you know, speed and power. Um, but it's tough. It, you know, it's tough on the body. It's you know, over 162 games. You feel pretty beat at the end of it. Um, you know, trying to, trying to steal a lot of bases and, um, you know, do the speed aspect of it. You're, pretty much running as hard as you can down the line every time. And, um, so it does, you know, it, it takes a toll on your body, but I love that challenge of it. And I'm me and my, my trainer, Bobby Stroop, we've, we've been very locked in on that, um, especially this off season and, and the one before that, because we want to, we want to keep growing. We want to, um, 
you know, we want to advance this thing. We don't want to just be stagnant and, uh, cause we feel like there's a little more in the, in the speed tank for me. And, um, so we, we, you know, we tailor my workouts to that and, um, trying to be as well-rounded as I can. And I think if we do that, then, you know, I'll be able to show both sides of that. All right. So I remember in, in 2016, there's a lot of excitement, uh, you know, for you to come and play in Arlington and then you, you ended up suffering an injury, so that had to wait until 2018. And and I remember speaking to you before uh, those games, uh, and I, I don't remember if it was the first or second game of the series, but we had you on the pregame show, and uh, you just like, I don't know. I know you're a pretty uh, even keel person, but it seemed like there was some added excitement to get to play at, at, at Globe Life Park, and you ended up hitting a home run in the, uh, I think if I remember, the finale of that series, which I'm sure was pretty cool for you. Uh, what was that experience like? You've only had three games there, and, and I guess now that that park is no longer uh, in circulation, but that's the park you, uh, like a lot of us who grew up in the Metroplex, grew up going to. So what was it like to actually get a chance to play there and, and even uh, just from a hitting standpoint have some success there? That was special, man. That was, you know, in 2016 when the schedule came out, I had that one circled um, just like, you know, because you said that's, yeah, I grew up in Irving, so I grew up a diehard Rangers fan, and you know I knew um, I knew I couldn't wait for the day that I got to play there and um, experience that, and you know for it to be taken away in '16 because of my injury, you know I, I was devastated about that because it happened like the road trip before we were going to come, and I remember I was really down about that, and um, you know we didn't come back in '17, but in '18 we did, and uh, I remember I was just so so pumped up for that. Um, you know, I was, I was playing well. And like you said, I, you know, I was able to have a little success, success in that park and, um, to be able to hit a home run was, was incredible in front of like my family and friends, you know, I had probably a hundred people there and, um, you know, kind of just came full circle for me growing up, going to those games and, you know, watching the Rangers and, um, coming there and, and playing in front of all my friends and family was something I'll never forget. I think the game you homered on, I, I could be wrong. I think it was Father's Day, uh, which I'm sure maybe added a little more to it. But did you get that ball, or do you have anything to kind of commemorate your time getting a chance to play there? Or, or are you not someone who collects stuff like that? What, did, any takeaways from that series? Yeah, it was on Father's Day because we were wearing the blue uniforms. Um, and we had special cleats, so I I hit the home run in those cleats, and I took them out. and signed him and gave it to my dad on, on father's day. And, um, that, that's just something special that we can always look back on and just to know that it happened, uh, here was special too. All right. One of the things that I think stands out and, and, you know, it's pretty evident just in, in talking to you, uh, you know, you, you approach things in a way, you know, competitive and, and we mentioned even keel and it seems like, you know, you play a position of leadership at shortstop, but not, not every shortstop is a leader in that way, but th- that seems to be something that's important to you. Uh, how do you go about leading? Well, what's important to you as a leader and how you carry out maybe those responsibilities? Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's something that, um, you know, that I'm growing into, um, you know, younger it's, it's, yeah, you know, it's not a lot of service time. It's tough to like stand up and, you know, say something. And that's not really my, um, my personality anyways. You know, I'm, I'm more of a soft-spoken guy, um, lead by example type, but you know, the more that, 
um, you know, I see how our, how our team works and how guys look up to, to like guys like myself and Nolan and Chuck. And um, I realize that there's opportunity to, to be that kind of leader. And for me, it's, it's mainly by leader, you know, doing, as I say, um, you know, doing it, going out there and showing guys how to do it. And, um, but you know, the more I get along with this thing, it's, I think the conversations need to be had, you know, whether it doesn't have to be in a team setting, but it can be, you know, behind closed doors or in the clubhouse somewhere about, uh, things that I see or, you know, I want guys to be able to come up to me and ask me like, Hey, wh- what do you do here? How do you feel about this? And, um, just have that open line of communication is I think the biggest part of, uh, trying to be a good leader. Who are some of the, you know, I, I know obviously we've touched about, touched on Troy Tulowitzki and, and you're getting to play currently with some guys who've been in the league and, and found success, but who are some of the guys in addition to Troy who, uh, really helped you early on or, or guys who, who took you under their wing or, or even if they didn't, just from your own observations, you were able to learn from and, and uh, use as, a, you know, an aid in some way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Nolan, for sure. Nolan Arenado, he's been, um, you know, probably the biggest influence on me out of anybody. Um, you know, just we we got a we have a good bond because we, you know, we play together every day. Um on the left side, we take pride in trying to be the best side, the best left side in the game. And, um, we challenge each other, man. We, we push each other. And, um, I think it's, it's so important for players to have that. And I think without him, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. And, um, Nolan, he, he's always been that guy for me. And also Glenn Allen Hill, um, has taught me so much about the game that, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that I would have picked up from anybody else. And, special coming from him he's a player um former player that that has been through it and knows the struggle of it and uh, knows how hard this game is and um those two guys are probably the most influential on me uh, how do you you know you're a young player uh and you've got so much going on now but you, you've got a future and all this how do you balance thinking about the now and, and thinking about the future. I, I know a lot of people say, Hey, I just take it one day at a time. And, and maybe for some it's easier than others, but uh, is, is that, I imagine that is your mindset, but is there a balance to that? Or uh, do you just totally not allow yourself to think about anything beyond the, you know, the next 24 hours? What What's your approach with that? No, I think there is definitely a balance to it. And, you know, it's tough because you you know, you, you kind of teeter-totter one way and you need to push yourself back the other way. Because um, for me, it's the easy thing to do is to go in there and swing for five hours, you know, to to be, to play baseball for a long time each day. And honestly, you know, I want to play for a long time. So I can't, I can't have that many days of, of that type of workload add up on me. And it just, it won't be good for my body. And it's something that I do struggle with, but, you know, the, the hardest, the hardest thing for me to do is to kind of, you know, take my swings and step out and, um, you know, let those be and not overwork myself and put myself into bad habits. And, um, but I think that's, that is key to trying to have longevity in in my career. And that's something that, um, I've gotten, I've gotten good at. And, um, so it's, it's, it's really about working smarter and, and not harder right now. 
All right, what are some of the things that Trevor Story most enjoys away from baseball off the field, either by yourself or with friends, you know, whatever? Yeah. Um, so I love I love shoes. I'm a big sneakerhead, um, I, so I collect shoes all the time. Really only Nikes and Jordans because um, that's what I grew up on. And I love golf, man. I'm, I'm obsessed with golf. Um, been playing play a lot in the off season and um, haven't played as much as I want now due to the quarantine, but um, love golf. I love going to the movies with my wife. That's something that we always do on an off day. Um, and just anything active, really, that, that's where we keep it to. But golf and sneakers and the movies are my thing. You got a favorite sneaker or one that you had to like work really hard to, to get or find or track down? Yeah. Um, not so hard to track down, but the Jordan Concord 11s, I think, are the, the best looking shoe out there. And, you know, there's so many for me to pick from. Um, it's hard to say. I love ones, fours, and 11s, but if I had to pick one, it would be the Jordan 11 Concords.